Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. Uh, open, open your Bibles to the book of James, the book of James. Uh, we've been in a series called The Power of Blank, and uh, we've been really looking into the book of James for different principles. And today I wanted to share really, uh, really this, this uh, we'll call it a thing, but really it is just a concept or a mindset. We've, we've all been deceived by the enemy, uh, but also our flesh plays some really crazy games. Uh, we say flesh, but let me just put it in, a, in ways you can understand your mind. plays a lot of crazy games on, with you sometimes. Sometimes we know Jesus or we have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe we don't have a relationship, but we know who Jesus is. And so the idea of a relationship with Jesus, even though we may know who he is up here, it's just a very short a distance away from your heart. And so we can know God and not have a relationship with God, if that makes sense. And we'll, so we'll talk more about that today. But, but one of the, there's, there's two plans that we need to know about, right? There's the enemy's plans and the Lord's plans. And uh, I don't like to spend too much time on the enemy's plans, but we do need to know his purpose. His purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that includes your faith. It includes your relationship with God, your families, everything. All right? It's just a clean shot purpose. And then the Lord's purpose is obviously to give you life, abundant life, and to, and to have a relationship that's eternal forever for you, with you. And uh, so those are the two plans. And so I want to talk about uh, really some of the deception or some of the... Uh, the confusion that's really been wrapped into our minds uh, has come from the enemy, ultimately. Uh, but then we've taken it and gone hook, line, and sinker with it and really just gotten ourselves messed up. Even as believers, even if you have a relationship with Jesus, many of us, myself included, have, have confused this idea. So today we're going to talk about the power of faith and works, all right? Faith and works. And this is, uh, this is so uh, confused, not only in the, in, our, in the Christian church or for believers or followers of Christ, but also in a lot of other religions, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but today I want to talk about the power of faith and works. And it's a good thing, uh, but a lot of times we're just confused and deceived and we don't understand. We, we think it's all about works and what we do and that we, can, we, that we can appease God by the works that we do or we can gain his favor if we do uh, these good things or we can gain salvation by doing these things. And you won't find any of that in the scriptures, all right? That's all made up by us or obviously from the enemy himself, but then we've taken it and we've made it into something that is just so far from what God has said in his word. And so my, my purpose today in the book of James is really just to make it very simple and to see what the word says. Jesus said the truth will be set you free and you'll be free indeed. Uh, so it's not just knowing the truth. You can quote the Bible all you want, but if it's, if it's a relationship that you have with God and you're walking this out in everyday life, it truly will free you. And so if you're struggling with this idea of works, and look, don't, I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I've been right in your shoes. I want you to know this will be so life-giving to you. All right, we can't gain God's favor. We can't appease God. You can't buy salvation. Uh, there's no uh, buying your, your way into heaven. It doesn't work that way. And so today, uh, we're just going to very simply, this is why I love the book of James. It's so practical. It's so simple. Uh, in Israel, uh, I told you last week, we learned a word called chutzpah, right? Put the knife in and twist, all right? That's 
chutzpah, all right, that's what you're about to hear today. It's a little, a little bit of a, a truth that hits you uh, and it twists and it really changes you, all right? That's, that's really the whole idea of James. Now, I've also told you last couple of weeks, James is uh, an amazing practical book, but uh, it can really, if you, uh, depending on where you're at in your faith, but I remember when I would read James, I'm like, I'm just a mess in every area. Last week, we talked about our tongue. And so for some of you, I know we got to pray life over you and it was an amazing moment at the altars last week. And so uh, pick an area, okay? If, if God is really speaking to you about your tongue. Look, hang in there. Keep walking with God. Keep trusting God. Keep obeying God in that area. Uh, the week before that, we talked about focus. If that's your area, stay in that lane. Uh, today, we're going to talk about faith and works. And if this can really help you, look, grab hold of what Jesus is saying to you, what the Holy Spirit's saying to you, and just receive and then start to make those uh, steps towards God. Uh, I just want you to know that God is so proud of you every time you take a step. A lot of times we look at it and like, just say, God hates me because I, I'm just not right in every area. No, every time you take a step towards God, he's proud of you. You're his children. He loves you. It's just like your kids. You know, when, they're, when they mess up, you're so proud of them when they get up and they make the, the right choice and the right step. So uh, God is just saying, well done. Keep taking some steps. I love you, and uh, we're proud of you as well. So faith and works. But I just wanted to give you that disclaimer because sometimes we look at and say, hey, I, I'm such a mess. I've got so many areas to work on. Look, we all do. We all have areas to work on. Uh, take one at a time if you need to. Let's, if you can handle all 572 things that you need to do at one time, God bless you, okay? But if, if you're here and you just need one, uh, you just one practical step, uh, we want to encourage you to do that or, or all 500 at one time. If you're a multitasker and can do that well, God bless you, all right? So uh, let's look at uh, the power of faith and works. James chapter 2 is where we're going to be. We're, I'm going to read these passages first, and then we're going to break it up. Verse 17 says, uh, of chapter 2 says, This also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, everyone say, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that without faith, works is dead? Okay, so if you hear anything I say today, faith without works is dead, and works without faith is dead. They're both dead, all right? Uh, but a lot of times our confusion our deception uh, from the enemy himself and our flesh and our mind begins to take things way out of proportion. I love how crystal clear James makes it. Look, you can't have one without the other. There's no just faith and just works. Uh, my first point is uh, faith without works. Uh, this is the one area that Jesus was the most frustrated with. If you see Jesus... Uh, uh, remember, God never sinned, Jesus never sinned, uh, but he got angry and did not sin. He was, he was frustrated, uh, he would confront things, he would uh, throw it out there on the table. If you remember, he, he called uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducee one time, he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. Why did he say that? Well, uh, uh, we were just in Israel and we were sharing about this a few weeks ago, but uh, the whole Mount of Olives is a whole bunch of uh, tombs that are made out of limestone, so they're white, and so Jesus was literally pointing up there and says, you're like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside. Your words sound great, but inside you're not living out your faith. You're, you're totally dead. You're telling people what to do. You're instructing those, your, your religious people, both Pharisees and Sadducee were religious people, and they knew the Bible really well, and they're preaching at people, but they're not doing it themselves. That really bothered Jesus. Faith without works, uh, James 2.17 is Dead, that's what he's saying. You're like whitewashed tombs. You are dead. 
You understand the scriptures. You understand, look, they're literally quoting the Bible. So this isn't about, uh, look, knowing the Bible is a good thing. But knowing the Bible and not living the Bible, you're still dead. And this is what Jesus was saying. Was you, you can't live like this. You can't uh, tell people what to do. You can't have a faith in a God that you really don't know and tell people to live this way and you don't live that way yourself. That's dead. That's what we call today hypocritical, right? It's hypocritical when somebody is telling you to live one way and then they, them, they themselves won't do that. And so that is what Jesus is saying. Look, that bothered him a lot. And he said, that's dead. Uh, James 1, 22 uh, through 25, just a, chapter, a page back in your Bibles, says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like an, a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately feel, forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not for, a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, if your mindset is works, all you see in this is be a doer, be a doer, be a work, 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 work. But you're not listening to the whole thing. You can't have one without the other. You have to be a hearer. You have to have a relationship with God. You have to receive from the Lord. You have to have faith in God. And this is what Jesus has always been saying. This is what James, remember James is his half-brother, all right? James is the half-brother of Jesus. They were in the same family, but James had to receive Jesus as Messiah just like you and I did. And so James is repeating a lot of things that his, his brother said and said, look, you can't just be a doer. You can't hear the word and not do it. You can't be a hearer. You can't come to church hear a message and, and you feel it, you know God's talking to you, and then you walk out and you just forget about it. It's crazy. It's like, it's like being a man that looks in the mirror. I love his illustrations. You look in the mirror and you turn away, but you forget and you have to come back and look at yourself. Now, we don't have a problem in our culture, do we? We have mirrors everywhere. I mean, we see ourselves all the time. And when we can't see ourselves enough, we, we selfie ourselves to death. I mean, there's no way we can forget what we look like. We have a thousand pictures of our face and it's everywhere, right? So, uh, but this is what, James, it's ridiculous, right? You, you know what you look like. And it's ridiculous, it, to put it in this way, that you would hear the word and not do it. That you would say that you know Jesus, but you won't live for Jesus. It's like looking in a mirror and forgetting what you look like. It's ridiculous. And so this is what James is saying. Is faith without is dead. Look, remember that for the rest of your life because it's very easy to get confused. And maybe this isn't where you struggle. Maybe you struggle on the, the work side. We'll talk about that in a second. But this is what Jesus was, was talking about uh, when he was talking to the disciples. Now, if you remember uh, a series back, we were talking about a story. Uh, and if, if you're new with this, I'll just catch up real quick. It was with Judas. Judas was one of the disciples. Judas was the one that, that um, betrayed Jesus and took him and, and had Jesus arrested. He's the one that brought the religious people to Jesus and had him arrested. And so Judas uh, was at the house with Mary when Mary decided to take a very expensive bottle of perfume and break it over Jesus's feet and anoint his body for burial. This was his only anointing. And she broke it over his feet and wiped, her, wiped his feet with her hair, if you remember that. Uh, that was uh, what was happening. And Judas said this. What did he say? He said, what are you doing? This was a waste, basically, is what he was saying. You should have sold that and gave it to the poor, is what Judas said, right? 
And so we hear that, and sometimes that sounds good. Maybe we even say that in today's culture, as that's wasteful. You should have sold that and gave it to the poor. But actually, when we read that, that's a negative statement from Jesus' perspective, because here's what he's saying. Judas, you're saying that Mary should have sold that ointment, which, by the way, was an honor for me. It was meant for my anointing. And I'm receiving that, that gift that she's given to me. And everywhere you hear the gospel, you're going to hear her name. You're going to hear this story. So it was, it was an amazing blessing. But he corrects Judas. He says, Judas, you don't care about the poor. Here you are preaching to the choir. Here you are saying, you should sell that expensive oil and sell it to the poor. When you really don't care about the poor, all you care about, because you're a thief, is her selling it, put the money in the bag, and then you're going to steal the money. That's what Jesus said to him. So next time you hear that statement, or maybe even you say that statement, you might want to think about, do I really care about what I'm saying? Basically, here's what Jesus is saying. As I'm tired of people saying they have a faith in me, but yet when it comes to showing your heart to others, you don't do what the word says. He said, Judas, stop saying you care about the poor when all you care about is stealing the money. That's what you really care about. Why don't you throw that on the table? Why don't you sell it and give me the money so I can go spend it? That's really what you're saying. And I know that's a little bit harsh, but that's the truth. As believers, we can't have a faith or a belief or we can't say we're followers of Jesus and not live it out. I'm, I know we're not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But we don't want to become like the Pharisees and saying, hey, this is what you should be doing. And yet, when it comes to our life, we have this whole separate life. Look, we're like whitewashed tombs if we live that way. And so if you're struggling with that, look, the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you to say, look, they go together, faith and works. Faith and works. And really what he's saying is, a relationship with me is a blessing, and out of that relationship, it will be an overflow to others. Not only to you, but to others. When you have a relationship with Jesus, it changes you, it transforms you, and out of the overflow of what God's doing in you, you'll be doing to others. Whatever area that is, I don't care if it's generosity, I don't care if it's love, if it's grace, if it's mercy, as you receive, freely you've received from God, now freely you can give. That's always the way it is. As believers, we must have a relationship, we must hear from God. Yes, hearing from the word, hearing from a message like this, hearing through worship, hearing through whatever, you, you, you see God at work and he's speaking to you, you have to hear and accept and receive what God's saying to you for yourself. Love others as you love yourself. You have to receive for yourself. And then, yes, then go and do and do the works just as you've received. Love others, serve others, bless others, grace others, whatever it may be. But don't be that person that says, you gotta live that way and then you go hightail it out of here and live a whole nother life. Jesus is saying that's dead. The same is true if you look at works. Works without faith. James 2, 18 and 20 says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there's one God? Good. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead and works without faith is dead too. Think about this. If, if we live this whole life of trying to appease God and please God by doing works, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we have a dead faith. Because the reality of this is, how many works does it take to appease God? 
The real answer is zero, but in your mind, you're saying, well, I don't know. I got to keep going. I can't receive Jesus because I, I don't know the Bible, or I got to get this right. I got to get that right. I got to do this. I got to make this change. I got to make this shift. I know what you're saying, and that's a good thing. Yes, we need to change for the Lord. We need to receive what God's saying, and we need to change. That's not a bad thing, but the reality is I have to do 10 more things until I can receive salvation is wrong, and it's dead. Jesus said, I died for you while you were yet sinners. While you were in your mire, your pit, your mistakes, your muck, your mire, your pit, whatever you want to call it, I died for you when you were right there. I wasn't waiting for you to get right. That's right. Amen. I was waiting for you to receive me as Lord and Savior, to acknowledge that I'm your Lord. I was waiting for you, yes, to repent, yes, to say, God, I'm sorry, God, I shouldn't have lived that way. I made a lot of mistakes. But this is the beautiful thing about Jesus being your Savior is right then when you make that acknowledgement that he's your Lord and Savior and you make him your Lord, which means you die to yourself and you begin to follow him every single day, which means you're listening to his voice, you're listening to his promptings, you're responding to him in obedience. When you get to that place, it's exactly at that moment he forgives you he erases all your sin, and he saves you. How many works did that take? Zero. It doesn't mean that you don't do good works, but this idea that it's the works that you achieve something, or this, it's by this many works that you obtain salvation, or that I have to do these works to appease God, or do these works to get me in the good graces of God, or do these works so I can someday get to heaven, are wrong. They're not biblical. You won't find it in the Bible. What you find in the Bible is a good tree, or a tree that has a relationship with Jesus, will do what? Bear good fruit. And if you're not bearing good fruit in an area, think about a tree. It has a lot of branches. Look, we have a lot of life, a lot of different things happening in our life. If there's something that's not bearing fruit, what do you do? You prune it. You get rid of it. You take it off. Why? That means you stop doing whatever that is that's not bearing good fruit. You chop it off. Why? So you can produce more good fruit. But the idea of this whole thing is, John 15 is all about the vine is connected to or the branch is connected to the vine. You have a relationship with Jesus, and as Jesus is revealing things to your heart, of course, yes, God. God, I see that this area of my life needs to go away or needs to be pruned or needs some truth. Absolutely, I'm gonna make that change. And by doing this, more fruit, or here's, here's the reality. God, what you're putting into me is gonna come out of me. And it's organic, by the way. It's organic. No GMOs. None of that. It's organic. It's beautiful. So works without faith. If you're just working, 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 working to appease God, listen, it's dead. It's dead. If it's all about faith and no works, it's dead. If it's about works and no faith, it's dead. Both have the same result. A good example of this is found in uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And really, the whole 
idea of Matthew chapter 7 is Jesus is teaching in parables. He teaches you about judging. He, takes you, he teaches you about the narrow gate and the wide gate. There's a lot of great teachings here. So I'd encourage you to read all chapter 7, chapter 6, chapter 8, Genesis to Revelation. Just read it all. It's really good, okay? But I'm just saying that Jesus is really teaches parables to understand a relationship with God. The kingdom of heaven is like, a relation with me is like, following God on earth is like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's a reality for you with a relationship with me. It's always through Christ. It's always through Christ. You can't understand heaven, as Eric so well put it. You can't have a relationship with the Father without Jesus. It's always about a relationship with Jesus. But there's going to be some counterfeits. There's going to be some false prophets. There is going to be some hypocrites. I'm not saying Jesus is a hypocrite. Absolutely not. He's perfect. He's the head. He is the church, by the way. Listen to me. People, people will make wrong mistakes. It does not mean that the whole church is hypocritical when people do something wrong. But this is what we do in my head. I won't go to church because they are all hypocrites. No, 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 no. You're talking about a person. You're not talking about the whole church because Jesus is not hypocritical. He's 100% the way, the truth, and the life. He's never erred. He's never sinned. He's never made a mistake. So when we talk about the church that will live on for eternity through Christ, it is beautiful, spotless, blameless. I understand as people, we've messed it up along the way. That's why it's our job to ask for forgiveness, to repent. And by the way, we need to receive that from the Lord first, and then we need to go and say, hey, look, I'm sorry. I was hypocritical. But this is what's happened to the church. And I will say this, that a lot of times it's because believers, believers are making generalizations about the church. Of course our world's taking that and the enemy's taking that and advertising and marketing it all over the world. Absolutely, because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He just doesn't know that he has no power against the church because Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. You see, you got to get things. We have to know God's heart. We have to understand who he is. We have to have a relationship with God because if we don't, our mind goes in crazy places. The enemy plants you know, just some, uh, a little bit of deceptive seed, and we take it and let it flourish and grow because we're not weeding our gardens. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not receiving the true word of God. But when you do, when you hear words like this, when you hear, hey, look, it's not about works. Yes, works will happen as a believer, but it is not the central focus. Your central focus is not to work, 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 to get something, to work, to appease, to work, to find favor. Look, in man's world, that's all it's about, isn't it? What are you doing for me? Performance. Do you know every other religion beyond Christianity is about works? Every one of them? Every one of them. Jesus is the only one that said that you're saved by grace and if you're saved by works it's no longer grace Jesus Christ A is God and he is the Messiah but he's the only one that made a line so clear that separates you from any other religion in the world Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism Jehovah Witness all of these are about works works, 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 Scientology works or money. 
Can you buy your salvation? You try it and meet with Jesus and see what happens. It's dead. It's dead. It's about a relationship with the living God. There's so much more. There's so much more than faith alone and works alone. Jesus wants, they both go together. They weren't meant to be separated. They weren't meant to be deceived and they weren't meant to be uh, taken and and given uh, this one more credit than this one. They work together. This is why when you read the Bible, your faith with God is always in direct correlation with marriage. And I know we're really messed up in the world when it comes to marriage. I said in the world. Jesus made marriage, so he's perfectly fine understanding marriage. But as people and in the world and what we're learning and what we're being taught about marriage, it is really messed up. But looking through the covenant of marriage through God's eyes, your faith and marriage are beautiful. They're one. To become one, that's marriage. To become one under Christ, that's marriage. Your faith and works, your relationship with God is like marriage. It's all together. It's all one package. You can't separate those. Your marriage, physical marriage, is between God, the husband, and the wife. Your faith in God is between your relationship in and through Christ and you, that faith, that belief, and the life that you're living out here on earth. Yes, there's going to be works that happen, but let's not make the works dictate what God does for us. Because let's be clear, God doesn't need our works and he doesn't need our money. Now, does that mean that you don't give? No. Does that mean that you don't do works? No. What I'm saying is, is that when you have a relationship with Jesus, those things are organically and naturally happen in your life. Matthew chapter seven, I was telling you, here's a good example of what hypocrisy looks like. And by the way, it's branded, a.k.a. church. It says this in 21 through 23 of Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessnesses. Now, doesn't that sound like doesn't that sound like a believer? I don't want to say church because it's not church. Because Jesus, a relationship with Jesus and faith and works, look, you, they're all the same. So it's not church. I don't want you to make a generalization that's not true. But what you're hearing is somebody using the name of God. You're hearing somebody using Jesus' name to benefit themselves. Now, I'm always amazed how sinful people, how people like this, that maybe they don't have a relationship with Jesus, but they sure do love the power of Jesus. They sure do love that Jesus can save, that Jesus can set demons free, that Jesus can heal, that Jesus can do all these things, and they're using the name of Jesus, but yet they don't know Jesus. Now, I don't know what they're saying, but I know what my Lord's saying. The Lord said, I never knew you. But that sure does look like something Jesus would do, doesn't it? Can you see how people like this and the enemy, by the way, he counterfeits everything God does. A counterfeit looks like whatever, the, whatever it is, right? A counterfeit means these people look like they're following Jesus, but they're not following Jesus. 
A counterfeit, counterfeit means like you're going to see things that look like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. These people are casting out demons and healing people in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I never knew you. It's a counterfeit. This is works without faith. These are people that are using, and look, I'm not trying to be harsh because maybe you're in this place of, of works, but I do want you to know you must have a relationship with Jesus. You must believe that Jesus is the Lord. You must believe that Jesus died for the world's sins, that Jesus died for every person in humanity, that he died and was buried in the tomb for three days and he rose from the grave. If he didn't raise from the grave, our faith is useless is what Paul says. You have to believe that that is the foundation. If you don't have that, you have no faith. You can't just use the name of Jesus to get what you want. Now, I'm always amazed that Jesus still does miracles and healings in the, month, in the midst of all of that craziness. But God is always God, and God loves people a lot more than we do. And even though these people were being deceptive, he truly did cast out demons. He do, surely did free people. That doesn't point to the people. That points to a good God that's always faithful. Even when the enemy's trying to counterfeit and deceive and steal and rob and destroy, God will always be God, even if he stands in front of the enemy. And I love this verse in James. I love this verse in James. Even the demons believe and they tremble. Why do they tremble? Jesus made them, that's why. They were angels at one time who decided to disobey and, make, and take pride and follow Lucifer himself and they were thrown out of heaven. Oh, they know who Jesus is. Jesus not only made them, but he made you and he made everything you see. He made it all. It's all his. And that's why our faith is so beautiful. We're worshiping and living and have a relationship with the living God, which we don't deserve. That's what grace is. We don't deserve to have a relationship with the living God, but God, but Jesus made it possible. Faith without works is dead and works without faith is dead. And my final point is this, the perfect union, the perfect marriage, works and faith. Faith and works, they go together. I love how he describes it in James, verse 21 through 26. And I hope this helps you if you're struggling with any one of those. And by the way, don't feel bad if you're struggling with the work side or the faith side. I think we've all been at that place one time or the other. It's part of, part of the uh, sinful man that's been planted inside all of us. So uh, please don't say I'm, I'm a bad person because I think this way. We've all thought that way, but we all need redeemed. That's where the word of God redeems us. This is where scriptures like this, like this, truth like this will free you from that kind of thinking. Verse 21 of chapter two says this, but do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father? Oh, let me, let me read this out of, sorry, I have it in another translation. Sorry, Dave, you got it back there? Do you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God in his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete or perfect. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, that's faith, that's a relationship, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. 
She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith is dead without good works. James gives you two amazing examples. The first one being Abraham. And if you're new to the Bible, Abraham is known as the father of faith. You'll find him in Genesis. You can read about him in Genesis. But Abraham was, uh, was one, of the, one of the first, he wasn't the first, but he, he was really the anchor that God used of faith. Abraham believed God. That's faith. Abraham, not only did he believe, but he heard from God. God was talking to Abraham. And Abraham listened and believed you see, this is the interesting about faith. Faith, and Jesus said this, uh, faithful or blessed are you because you got to see me, right? I, I, sometimes I wish I could have been there when Jesus was walking. But he also says, blessed are those that will follow me when they don't see. That's what faith is, is believing in something that's invisible that you can't see. It's not that it's not real. It's not that it's not there. But you're putting your faith in God, the living, the invisible representation of God. Jesus, who was incarnate, he was man, but he was God. This is what we're putting our faith in. It's the one that said that they're going to kill me and hang me on a tree, and they did. The one that said, I'm going to die, and he did. And the one that said, don't worry, when I die in three days, I'm going to raise from the grave, and he did. And not only did he raise from the grave, but he appeared. I don't know how much you know about the Bible, but we're in Christmas season, so get ready. The gospel's coming. He appeared to thousands of people for 40 days as the resurrected God. That's who you're worshiping. He's not invisible. He's not not real. He's alive in heaven today. He's not dead. He's alive. And he's the Lord that you're talking to. He's the Lord that's speaking to you. And it's the same Lord, by the way. Jesus wasn't born in the year zero. He was as a man born at the year zero. But as God, he's always been. He was the same God in the beginning and said, let there be light, and there was light. That's Jesus. It was the same God. It's the same God that said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm talking to you. And Abraham heard his voice. If you're new to the Bible, this whole Bible is filled with hundreds and thousands of lives that have heard from God. Some physically as a man, and some from heaven, some through angels, some uh, as a voice from heaven, it really doesn't matter. That's how much God loves you. He'll speak to you any way he can. He even spoke to one man through a donkey because he was so stubborn. That's how much God loves you. He'll find a way to talk to you. And when you listen and you say, God, I believe, that's when it's accounted to you. As righteousness as our father Abraham did. He heard God and he believed. And not only just, it's not enough just to say, God, I heard you, and then walk away. God, I, I heard what you said, and, and you were asking me to do something, but I'm not doing it. That's sin. That's disobedience. Abraham heard God and believed, and then he did what he said. And by the way, if you don't know anything about Abraham, Abraham had a hard time having kids, and he finally had a boy, his first boy, he was very old in age. He had his first son. His name was Isaac. And God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. That was what Abraham heard and believed. How many of you guys would have struggled with that word? I would have. 
Abraham, I want you to take your son. I want you to sacrifice him. And Abraham said, God, I believe that I heard from God. And God, yes, I'll take my son and I'll sacrifice him for you. Now, if you don't know that story, I just want to encourage you. God is always faithful. God's not telling you to kill your children. You may feel like killing your children. God is not asking you to kill your children. But Abraham didn't know the plans of God. He didn't see like God at all. And he said, okay, God, I'll follow you. And here's what's crazy is Abraham believed. This is what's his belief. If you, if you read the story in Genesis, Abraham believed even if he did sacrifice his son, that God would raise him from the grave. Now, Jesus hadn't raised from the grave at this time. So what's this pointing to? A father will sacrifice his son, and even if his son did die, he would raise him from the grave. Who's it pointing to? Jesus. Everything points to the Messiah. This story, this faith that Abraham had, this, this moment that God was speaking to Abraham was showing him what the heavenly father was going to do with his son for you and for me. And so Abraham took his son Isaac up, prepared him for sacrifice. Could you imagine that conversation as you're walking and carrying the wood and all of that, and he prepared him for sacrifice, and he was getting ready, and God stopped him. God's always faithful and said, Abraham, no, I have another sacrifice for you, and he gave him a, a, an animal to sacrifice. But Abraham believed, and he obeyed. Faith and works. And sometimes we say believe, it's kind of like, I love pizza and I love Jesus. There's two different things. Believing means that you're hearing and you're receiving and you're trusting. He's the Lord. God, when you speak to me, I'm hearing you and I'm receiving it. And Lord, yes, whatever it is you're telling me to do, I'm going to take that step. You need to know this if you're new in your faith. Sometimes it's going to be difficult for you. Following Jesus yes, yeah, sometimes, look, as you grow and you mature, some things are simpler to do because you've learned to trust. You've learned to have faith. You've learned that God is always faithful. You've learned that God is always good. You've learned that God will show up. You've learned those things. But you know what? It's in these moments like Abraham that you'll never forget. It's those moments when God says, hey, I'm asking you to take this step. I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to walk this out with me. You will talk about that for the rest of your life. You'll say, hey, remember when God told me to do this and I didn't understand I didn't know, but I believed God, I trusted God, and I did it. And God answered in a way that I could never predict. This is the way it always is with the Lord. You may think one thing, but his ways are much higher than yours. His answers are always going to be better than what you think. His blessing is always going to be greater than what you could even picture. And Abraham... God promised Abraham and said, you know what? You're going to have more kids than sand on the seashore, than the stars in heaven. Do you know if you're following Jesus today, if you're a Christ follower, do you know what you're considered? A seed of Abraham. God is always faithful. Do you think Abraham knew what he was talking about when he said that? Absolutely not. He thought he was just having a lot of babies. We're all part of this Abrahamic covenant that God gave many, many years ago. It's a beautiful union, faith and works. We're not doing one to get something else. 
is having a beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, even today as he speaks to you, just be at a place to say, God, I'm listening. Yes, God, I'm listening. Maybe today's asking you to take a step. I don't know what the step is. So please, I, I remember sitting in those seats way in the back because I wanted to get out first. I got saved here, by the way, if you don't know that. I got saved here. But before I got saved, I remember sitting in the back. Nothing about sitting in the back, by the way. It's okay. But I remember I wanted to get out first. But I remember every time I sat here, every Sunday, for three years I sat in these seats or in the sound booth or wherever I was trying to appease God. I, I thought, well, if I do sound or I do these things, trying to appease God by my works. But one day Jesus spoke to me and I received him and everything changed. And I learned, God, it's so good to follow you. It's so good to have a God that loves me more than I know, a father, a dad who's perfect, a dad that will never lie or deceive or reject, walk away, a dad that knows always what's best for me. That's what that song was about. That's what the relationship with the Heavenly Father is all about. And you can know this emphatically if you're a Christ follower, if God is speaking to you, it's always going to be good for you. It's always going to be a blessing. You may not understand it all. You may not be able to figure it out. But that's okay. Because if you could see it all and understand it all, guess what? You'd be God, and we're not God. You never will be, by the way. Faith and works. Perfect union. They go together. Yes, Jesus, I'm listening. Yes, God, if you want me to change this, get rid of this, do this. I'm not doing it to appease you. I'm doing it because I know you have my best in mind. That you love me more than I know. That you died on the cross for me. And as a Christ follower, I die to myself every day. Every day. That means, God, you're speaking to me regularly. And if there's something that's not of you, then I'm going to die to it. I'm going to let it go. Or I'm going to shift. Or I'm going to move. Or I'm going to grow in this way. I'm going to make this choice instead of this choice. Don't make it so complex where I have to do this to get this. No, 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 no. Spend time in his presence, listen, receive, believe, and obey. Obedience is a good thing, by the way, kids. It's a good thing. And so stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for this church. Lord, I'm so thankful again for this body. I'm thankful for all that are here right now. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? Lord, if there's anybody here that's struggling with their belief in Christ, their faith in Christ, speak to them, Holy Spirit. Reveal yourself to them. Make your voice known. God, you do that in a host of ways. I'm not here to tell you how to do it, Lord. I, I'm just saying, God, we're open. Our hearts are ready. Our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open. And so Holy Spirit, speak to them. If there's somebody that needs to give their life to Jesus, very simply, all you've got to do is take a moment right here in worship. Take a moment and say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I am sorry for living my life without you. I'm sorry for the sin, the mistakes that I've made, but I choose you. Thank you that you have eradicated, you've taken away my sin. Repent, make him Lord of your life and then begin to listen every day and walk every day. Make choices for Jesus every day. That's what it's all about. You can do that right there in your seat. You don't need any special words. Just 
in your own way. Repent, tell Jesus you're sorry, thank him for his death, and make him Lord. That means that he, you're under his authority. Jesus says this, I'll know my disciples because they'll follow my teachings. Look, you'll begin to know his heart. You'll begin to put his heart into your heart. And it's going to be a beautiful transformation. And if you're here today and you're struggling with works, i got to do this to get that. I'm trying to buy or appease or serve my way into heaven. It doesn't work. Just tell God, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got confused. I was deceived. Lord, I want nothing more than to hear your voice and be a good and faithful servant. That's it. And God, I know as I listen to you and I receive from you, God, those works will flow right out of me. God, you're changing me. And why, when you change me, this is what I love, Lord, about your word. Your word says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love others as you love yourself. So God, as you're changing me, as you're changing myself, as I'm loving you and choosing you and listening to you and hearing you, you're transforming me and changing me. And now I can love others because I understand because I received it. I've received it from my Father. Now I can give it away. So Lord, anybody that's struggling with works, meet them right there. Meet them right there. Show them the abundant life that you promised to give them. And there's so much more ahead for them. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you are to us. We worship you in this place. And Holy Spirit, we're asking for your guidance, your help. You're our helper. So we look to you and we submit ourselves to you right here, right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said.